The Chargers addressed some major needs in the 2022 NFL Draft, but on today's show, we're going to be talking about the positions they didn't add to, like speed wide receiver and edge rusher, and I'm going to tell you why I think it was the right decision for the Chargers not to draft a right tackle. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, but we're going into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making this your first listen, and thank you guys for always checking out the show and to make sure you, oh, never miss it, make sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you guys get your podcasts from. We appreciate all the support you guys gave us yesterday with that big Bryce Callahan show. Very much appreciated. But today, David, we have a bigger thing to get to because we're talking about the needs the Chargers did not address at the 2022 NFL Draft, like right tackle. I think that is especially for starting positions where you would look at the biggest hole right now, at least the biggest uncertainty with Storm Norton and, you know, Trey Pipkins being the guys that we think are battling it out for that position. But there's still maybe an option in free agency, like a Bryce Callahan type of tackle, maybe that could fill that spot. And there's also, you know, other options the Chargers could do. They still could roll out the Matt Filer plan B as well if things aren't going correctly. So we're going to talk about right tackle. And then in segment two, we're going to talk about edge rusher three, because that is one I thought the Chargers would definitely try to address, because right now, the main backup is Chris Rumpf behind Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, two guys who have some injury histories. And we're talking about the Chargers not drafting someone there. Some potential Dwight Freeney-esque replacements that could basically come in and be that veteran leadership and an unknown CFL product in Jamal Davis that could make a splash in training camp. And then we'll wrap the show up by talking about why the Chargers didn't draft a speed wide receiver or if we think they should have. And also them not address, addressing the linebacker position because that was another one they didn't address, but... Kind of in the same boat for right tackles with me. But, David, let's start with that because that is the one that every even casual Chargers fan knew about going into the draft because the Chargers don't have a right tackle situation. Yep. You know, they don't have one guy where you feel like he's the known starter. I mean, the incumbent is Storm Norton, but we know how much he struggled last year. And then there was Trey Pipkins who came in and, and played pretty well. But I say that I think it was the right decision for the Chargers not to draft a right tackle. For this specific reason, I think, first of all, you didn't take Trevor Penning, which is obviously something I was an advocate of. You went with Zion Johnson instead. You got the best offensive lineman that was available there. And to me, one of the best players that was available in the draft and at 17 when the Chargers selected. And the other thing is, I don't necessarily know if the Chargers need another developmental tackle prospect, right? I mean, obviously, they added to the secondary. They added more offensive linemen on the interior later on. They got a defensive tackle in Tito. They got a safety all of those things. Would adding, you know, a fourth round tackle really help you this year? Probably not. So I think for me, David, that's the reason where I'm not upset that the Chargers didn't add another developmental tackle into the mix and there was no chance they were getting a starting one at 17. No, not at all. I mean, I, I think after you saw Charles Cross go fairly early, I think that was the last yeah, nice. real opportunity for the Chargers to get a starting right tackle or starting tackle in this draft class and for 2022 yeah yeah for 2022 and the chargers roster the way it's constructed is in, in a position to where they can't really rely on someone to have to 
learn on the job. That's just not the type of team that the Chargers are right now. The Chargers right. are a team that is com- competing, contending for playoffs. So they they don't need somebody that's going to be learning on the job. But now, obviously, that doesn't mean that the answer is in the building right now. And it is still a big issue and something the Chargers need to address. But you don't want to reach. You know, you're not going to reach if that player wasn't there. He's not available. Then you have to go about filling that position a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're looking at the internal options, if we're just looking at the tackles on the roster, obviously at left tackle, you're set. You have Rashawn Slater, you're good to go there. Absolutely. There are a couple of guys who maybe have tackle flex, like a Jamari Salyer, who just got done being the left tackle for the national championship, Georgia Bulldogs. You also have Matt Filer, but I think at least as it seems right now with the public comments, we've heard about them keeping Filer at left guard for them, keeping Salyer as a guard. It looks like it's a battle between Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton. And I think maybe it's just wanting something different than what we saw last year, David. But I find myself right now, I mean, if you're leaving me with those options, I'm rooting for Trey Pipkins to win that job and hopefully bring a little bit something better than Storm Norton did. And if if he doesn't, maybe that just means Storm Norton got better, right, to at least give you maybe an average right tackle. Well, you just want the situation to be a whole lot more productive than it was last year. I mean, you can't go into certain contests knowing that you have a giant liability on that side of the line and it's going to get exploited repeatedly. That's something you can't do again. I mean, that's the true definition of insanity. So the well, that's why we're talking go. about the draft, too, right? Because it's like yeah. we're not, you know, absconding them for not getting one in free agency. No. Like maybe they should have, you know, pushed harder to get one of those free agent right tackles because now you're left with kind of the bottom of the barrel, guys. This is just specifically about drafting one to get to the situation yeah. where we're at. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, so going back to Trey Pipkins here, it's 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 a tantalizing proposition because you've seen what his top play can look like, and you say to yourself, "Yeah, that'll work." I mean, that right. that definitely looks like it. It fits. That fits the mold. That's what you're looking for. But can he replicate it? Can he do it game in and game out? That's the huge question that he has not answered so far in his NFL career. And I think this is the best opportunity for him to be able to go out there and really take this opportunity and run with it. Because I don't think he's going to get any better opportunity that is at his feet right now. Yeah, and I mean, to me, the best right tackle option on the roster is still Matt Filer. I know they want to keep the left side strong, and I totally understand that. But I do think, I mean, at least you have that kind of in your back pocket. And I still think that's the best option because I do think Jamari Sawyer is a guy who could be ready to come in and, and play guard, you know, sooner rather than later. I mean, more ready than I think most six-round picks are at the point where he is right now. But I think you're good with just getting average play, right? If you can yeah. somehow find an average right tackle – you'd be happy with it. And I think that's what makes the outside options more interesting, even at this point in free agency, because you don't necessarily need someone like Riley Reef to come in and be an all-pro, right? But right. if you can get better than Pipkins and better than Norton, if you can get just average play like he was last year for Joe Burrow and the Bengals before he ended up getting hurt, yeah. that's an enticing option, and at least having some sort of veteran competition at the very least. A hundred percent. I mean, Riley Reef here, 711 snaps at right tackle, only 21 pressures and four sacks allowed in 12 games. That's a lot better than you got out of Brian Bulaga last year. Brian mm-hmm. Bulaga didn't play at all. So, right. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, if you're getting Riley Reef for 12 games at, at that kind of production, I think I would say sign me up right now. I'd, I'd love that. I mean, that, that would be a tremendous upgrade, a steady veteran presence to add to a line that has a good mix of youth and experience already there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it makes it, you know, enticing and, and at least 
the Bryce Callahan, you know, signing shows you that the Chargers are still willing to add to the roster and following up with Brandon Staley's words about, hey, you know, there's a lot of time between the draft and the regular season where things can change and we're going to keep exploring all avenues. But the other thing is, too, is I guess the argument against someone like Riley Reef is like, hey, yeah, I mean, you could bring in another guy who's not as injured as Brian Bulaga, but if he gets hurt like Brian Bulaga, you're still in the same spot where it's either trading Pipkins or Storm Norton coming in as their backup, right? But I think best case scenario, I, I think Trey Pipkins runs away with the job, right? Like just yeah. wins it convincingly. Obviously, if it's super close, that's going to be tough. I mean, if both of them are playing just elite, you know, that's yeah. a good problem to have. But I think wonderful right problem. now, one of the issues is is like the only person you have to push Storm Norton for a job is Trey Pipkins. And the only person you have to push Trey Pipkins for a job is Storm Norton, as we see it right now. And it just seems like both of those guys would have to totally flame out before they would potentially consider moving Matt Filer, right? That's just how it seems. Which is so frustrating to us from our perspective because it seems like, why don't you just move him over there? He's already proved that he can do it in the NFL. Why are you just waiting for someone to try to grab that spot when you already have someone that has shown that they could play that spot at a more than adequate level? And you have two guys that you feel pretty comfortable with or at least understand the potential of them coming in and playing guard for you. I mean, whether, you know, that's Brendan Hymas, whether that's Salyer, you know, whether that's, you know, your first round pick in Zion Johnson, I think the, the quality of talent that you have on the interior of your offensive line, it improved dramatically after the draft. So I feel like that should open up your flexibility and allow you to feel comfortable making some moves that you might not necessarily want to want to want to make immediately. Well, I think that the one thing for the offensive line right now, even as we're talking about no, you know, real option that we feel great about at Ryan Dockle right now is just the fact that the offensive line has more depth than we've ever seen, you know, in recent history for the Chargers because they have really rebuilt that in two years. And even with the question mark at right tackle, it's the most talented line we've seen in a long time. Yeah. And it's the deepest line because, yeah, if you stretch it out, you have less depth, right? If you start putting sure. Sawyer in, move Filer over, that's taking away from some of the depth that you have, at least on the interior. But as of right now, yeah, you have a couple question marks, but then you have really great options on the interior, potentially if somebody goes down, which I think makes you feel good, especially when you have, you know, Senio Kelamete situations last season. But there are other positions the Chargers didn't end up addressing. And that one major one to me was edge three. Whoever's going to back up Joey Bose and Cleo Mack, is Chris Rump ready to take that step? Is the Canadian superhero, the man who actually looks like Superman, going to step in and wow everyone, right, and be that guy? We're going to talk about the options there after the Chargers didn't address that in the draft coming up right after this. Maybe they did find a diamond in the rough, David, that we just don't know about yet. But if you're looking for a diamond to give to someone special, the only place to go is BlueNile.com. Because whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. So make sure you shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Because guess what, guys? Sunday is Mother's Day. The time has run out. It's time now to get her something that she'll never forget. And if you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. And Blue Nile is also committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing their diamonds and their jewelry so you can feel great about that. Make sure you mark Mother's Day with something enduring, classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants, and so much more at BlueNile.com. Because at BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments. So this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. 
And Locked On Chargers listeners get $50 off of $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. So make sure you guys go on there. Use Locked On. Promo code locked on all caps, one word plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. All right, David, what well, we are talking about the biggest needs that the Chargers have after the draft, right? Needs that we thought they might address during the draft and didn't. But thank you guys again for making us your first listen today. As always, we appreciate all of your support and we will be here with you throughout the entire offseason. Your team every day so david we do have to get to the next position here which is edge three i think this one was made a little bit difficult in the draft because of the way that it played out right uh, i think in between the chargers two picks a lot of good edge rushers went a lot of that second tier that second class of edge rushers went and i think that probably played a big factor in the chargers not taking one in the draft but it is a, it is a position that we thought they might try to you know take a guy because they are really thin i would say after Cleo mack and joey bosa i don't think that's breaking any news you have guys like chris frump and then jamal davis that we'll get into from the cfl but the real only option here was jermaine johnson i'm not mad at the chargers for taking zion johnson over jermaine johnson i mean both of those picks would have been good value in my opinion in a good player for that pick i don't know why jermaine johnson fell so far i mean 29 to the jets is still surprising but after jermaine johnson right after you didn't take him I think it was kind of a wrap at that point to some extent, at least as a guy you're going to be able to take and use this year because edge three is edge three right now. And I think when you're talking about prospects, by the time you got to the third round pick, you're maybe going to take something like D'Angelo Malone, very, very developmental type of prospect, something like that. Someone that would be hard to really imagine a big role for going into their rookie season. And Tom Telesco talked about that. He's like, Hey, if you're taking guys after the second round, you're really just hoping that guy can play some special teams, turn into something for you down the road. It's hard to expect those people to come in and play factors right away in different positions or different. But I think that is part of the reason, David, why we didn't see the Chargers address edge three in the draft. <laughs> Muted. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, it's, it's because they, you know, as they joked about it, they they took Khalil Mack in the second round of the 2022 NFL draft. And is there any player, edge any edge two, player that's better than Khalil beat. Mack? Uh, no, absolutely no, not. No. Cleo Mack is a monster, and I'm uh-huh. su- super happy that we get to see him rushing on the opposite side of Joey Bosa. <laughs> but, the, yes, they did not take another edge rusher, um, and there probably wasn't anyone that was going to come in, like you said, that was going to provide the value because that sweet spot, it seemed like in this draft for edge rushers was that kind of that second round. and The first couple of two, yeah, yeah first couple first, rounds and before the Chargers picked in the third round for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there was no likelihood that you were going to be able to add somebody that was going to make a difference in that group. Even though when you're looking at edge three, you're probably only looking for a guy that's going to give you, you know, some quality, you know, run support and a guy that can give you, you know, five to seven sacks per season. I think that's probably, you know, something that's, you know, reasonable to expect from that. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> The Chargers haven't had an edge two to get them seven sacks in the last few seasons, right? That's true. Since I think, you know, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa had more than that in the same season. But, like, it's been a while. I think, I mean, even less than that, I think you just need someone that can come in and spell these guys. And and someone where if one of these does, guys does have to miss any kind of significant time can just be a professional, go in there and, and get the sacks they should get for yeah. some pressure, right? And right. not be a total liability. And right now... The guys you're looking at are Chris Rump, right, and who's edge three, and that it's just hard right now 
with the body type we last saw him with, with what we saw from him last year, which was only four pressures, right? Didn't play a ton, but like that's mm. hard to put all of your eggs in the basket of the guy who had, you know, 16 games, 19 tackles, one sack, four pressures, and came into the league needing from a developmental standpoint to get bigger to be that edge, right? He actually on PFF had a higher run defense grade than he had a pass rushing grade, and he was kind of the opposite coming out because almost all of his run stopping was just being quicker being slippery, getting into the backfield and making tackles that way. And in a lot of ways, that worked to some extent at the NFL level, too. He was still doing that to some NFL tackles and guards last year as well. So that was nice to see. It's just hard, David, to talk about a second-year player like that and wonder what would happen you know, if he was you know, thrust into a big-time role on this Chargers defense in 2022. Well, it would be a such super uncomfortable situation to be in because yeah. he had not started a single game at all last year, not once. And so oh, yeah. you, haven't, you haven't seen him even be an edge rusher consistently throughout a football game, like at any point last year. So it's hard to have any kind of confidence that he can go in there and provide, you know, a quality pass rush and be able to stop the run consistently. I mean, we always know that his, his issue coming into things was the body type and the size. You what know, about Jamal Davis though? Can the Canadian yeah. Superman come in and help you? Cause that's the big unknown, right? Cause like yeah. hey, Chris Rump, I mean, Hopefully he can come in. If he turns into a four or five sack guy, I think you're happy. That would be great. That, right. Yeah. You know, like that's totally doable. I think that's achievable. Right. And he was yeah. a contributor on special team. But Jamal Davis, David, we're talking about <laughs> a guy who went undrafted in 2019, played three games for Miami, didn't register a stat in 2019. Also was on the Texans who brought him in as an undrafted free agent. But David, he did post a nine, four, six RES score out of 10 coming out of Akron the year that he came out. Super athlete, 34 and 0.25 inch arms, at least at least explosiveness rating. But he's coming from the CFL last year in which he played nine games and had four sacks. That's pretty good. Only seven and a half sacks in two years at Akron after he transferred there, not getting a lot of playtime at Pittsburgh early on in his career. But David, you look at him in a jersey and I mean, <laughs> just looking at him almost had me convinced that this dude is edge three. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if you're creating what an edge rusher would look like, yeah. like from the ground up and you're a molding him, that is exactly what Jamal looks like. Yeah. He looks like an absolute freak of nature, a guy that you would be very scared to have any kind of altercation with. And the guy they've mentioned, right? Yes, on multiple occasions. So they feel, and, and I, I love the move here because this just shows me as an organization that the Chargers are truly willing to leave no stone unturned. Sure. And they are getting guys from the XFL and they are getting guys from the CFL. They're looking everywhere to try to find talent and add value to the football team. And you got to, uh, you got to admire that. And I think the next question is, you know, and, and the thing is about Jamal Davis, like, yeah, I'm excited to see what that guy can do. I'm excited to watch him out there at training camp. As Brandon Staley would probably say about him, he's got a pro body and we'll just figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's hard to feel super confident in any of those, you know, of those two guys to come in and, and be edge three. So much that, inexperience. That is, yeah, I mean, last year that role was Kyler Fackrell, and Kyler Fackrell right. got a hell of a run with this yeah. team. Like, he was not playing little snaps. He was a solid like pro, dude. yeah. He was playing a good amount of snaps every single game when he was out there. So that makes me wonder, David, if a Dwight Freeney opportunity is potentially out there, if the Chargers could decide to go out there and find an edge rusher that's still available in free agency to come give them just a little bit, see if they want to try to bounce back for one season, go win a rent. Yeah, I mean, I know there's one guy out there that uh, has previous <laughs> Chargers ties that has uh, had a name that's been thrown around quite a bit lately. And, of course, I'm talking about Melvin Ingram, Super Joy Mel. old running mate here. <laughs> 
Um, even last year, he had 42 pressures and three sacks. I mean, with, with the couple different teams that he played with. and all, Yeah, you I think know, that's had, including the playoffs, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, including mm-hmm. the playoffs. And I believe he only had one in the regular season. But he was impactful. You know, he did his job. He was solid. He's always been a guy that's been willing to do the dirty work and, and, some juice. and support against the run. And yeah, like you said, he has some juice. He has some ability. So bringing him in as an edge three to where he's not, you know, having to be the number one dude, I think could take some pressure off of him and also maybe, you know, provide some better production. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, I mean, that that's what you would. Add. And I think the thing with him is just, I, it's hard to sign off on it totally. Right. But yeah. if they wanted to bring in a Melvin Ingram, a Jerry Hughes, yeah, Justin Houston. Like I could talk myself into that veteran being a better option, or at least bringing better competition to that position to at least have these younger dudes trying to beat out, right? Because like, yeah, Justin Houston went to the Ravens last year, right? Ended up being like a starter for them because like he beat out a bunch of young dudes they were super high on, right? So like, yeah, if this guy can somehow come in and earn snaps and show off the bench that he still has a little bit of juice. And a guy that you know is going to be a professional and be able to give you something if one of these top two dudes does go down. I think they should be exhausting their options at that point, right? I don't 100%. know if they're going to add to the edge rusher position before training camp and those things. But as we saw with Brian Cal- or Bryce Callahan, it's like you can't always just assume what they have right now is going to be what they're going to enter the season with. But And with the edge rushers, they shouldn't. <laughs> and with the edge rushers, yeah, I mean... I would say so too. I would be uncomfortable if that was the depth behind Joey right right now and Khalil Mack. I mean, both guys who have some injury history, but there's other positions as well. You know, one thing we were definitely hoping to potentially unlock this offense, you know, besides more good offensive linemen, which does a lot for you, but was that true twitchy speed receiver that deep threat to take the top off the defense? And the other big position I think we're a little uncertain about right now is linebacker. They chose not to address either of those in the draft, and we'll get into where they could have went wrong and what we're feeling like those positions are looking like at the moment, how confident we are in those positions right now. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But if I was to bet on one of those two guys, David, between Chris Rump and Jamal Davis, I'm probably going to bet on Jamal Davis. I want to see it. I want to see Superman happen. I don't know. It's going to be tough, but it may, hopefully they make it a good competition out there. But if I was going to bet on any kind of game, the only place I'm betting is bet online. .net because that is the best place to place your bets. And even if you guys want to bet on the Chargers, you can still do that right now, even in the offseason. Do you think the Chargers are going to get more or less than 10 wins? That's the over-under right now on Bet Online. So I would hammer the over on that if you're feeling confident in the Chargers. You can also bet on where exactly they're going to be placing in the AFC West. If you think they're taking the crown back for the first time in like 10 years, you can bet on that as well and get some pretty good odds on it too if you're feeling good about it. But it's not just football. Right now, you have the NBA basketball playoffs that are absolutely nuts. You have championship fights in the UFC this weekend, and you also have baseball going. And you can even do your favorite Vegas casino games, esports, any playoffs for any sport. You guys can find bets for it at betonline.net, the best place to put all of your action because with BetOnline, you're getting the latest news, you're getting all of the latest reports and sports wagering information, and you also have options to live bet as well. So head to that website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, we're going to try to crack out a couple of positions here, going a little long as we've never ever done before. But there are a couple <laughs> I want to talk to you, including the wide receiving core. And this one was obviously a deep position already. I mean, yeah. you have Keenan Allen, you have Mike Williams, you have Josh Palmer, who I think could definitely take a step going into year two. 
Yeah. None of those guys are burners. That's the hard thing, right? You have a DeAndre Carter in the mix now who brings you some speed, a little bit of yak. You have Jalen Guyton who ran a fourth, you know, mid four threes coming out of college, but doesn't have really the rest of the game to really put it to full use. I think, you know, with that speed, it doesn't have that true breakaway speed that we've seen, you know, some other guys have. At least it didn't seem like it last year, right? And the Chargers didn't end up addressing it, and they could have done it, right? They had options to take Calvin Austin, who was a guy that you really liked. They had options to take Bo Melton, who, which is a guy I thought they could bring in a late lot. to potentially <laughs> help that. Because even though the Chargers receiving room, David, is super deep right now, and I really like the talent they have there, there's just that one thing that is so obviously missing. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Guyton's the the guy that's f- filled that role, right? And I mean, he's got a, lo- a lot of long touchdowns to his resume the last few years, but there are other aspects of being that sp- speed wide receiver that he doesn't really bring to the table. I mean, he's not a, really a guy that you can get the ball to, to him in space and expect him to be able to create and give you yak that way. Um, and he also was a little bit inconsistent with, with the deep stuff too. So, I mean, it's just something he's going to have to continue to grow on. He's still a young player. So, I mean, it's still a possibility that he can get better from that, but you know, yeah, I mean, that's been missing. They have other, uh, other type of wide receiver archetypes that you're, you're looking at, you, you know, you're Mr. Old reliable and Keenan Allen who you need a first down. He's going to get you one. Mike Williams, the big play guy has always been able to produce those, you know, spectacular catches and, you know, been able to, you know, shine when the lights were on the brightest and, 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 and Josh Palmer is kind of like a fusion, a, a guy that's a good wire, a good, uh, sh- good, strong route runner with good hands. Um, and I feel like a guy that, you know, really just didn't get the best opportunities because of the guys that are in front of him. And that's just, you know, a, a, a expect or an expression of the value that is already in the wide receiver room here. So I think there are some guys out there, you know, if you're looking at the free agent market, Daniel, that could bring that speed that we think is missing. There could, and there's a lot of people who are talking about one in particular, and it's Will Fuller, who's always kind of been an enigma from the standpoint of there's been so many people attracted to the talent because he is so obviously talented, and he ran a 4-3-2 coming out at the Combine. So he has that, and he's had some injury issues where you, I would wonder what he would run these days, right? Potentially yeah. not not as fast. But the last full season he played in, David, when he had Deshaun Watson, he was not an elite player, but on a game-per-game game basis, I mean, pretty up there as far as the stats he put up. I mean, 11 games, 53 catches, 879 yards, and eight touchdowns. That means he was on pace for like 12-ish touchdowns that season with yeah, the Sean Watson the last time. But the 11 games part of it is important, too, because he's missed 15 games in 2021. He's missed 42 games over his first six years in the league. And he also had a six-game suspension in 2021 for PEDs. So I know that's a name that's out there. What would you say your interest level is in a guy like that? Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, the player himself, I feel like if he's healthy, and obviously that's a big if, just, <laughs> you know, based off of everything right. that we just explained. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy that I, I would be interested in and at least taking a flyer on. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the Chargers and we understand how they evaluate people and they take – in very high regard what happens off the field into this equation, I think it's probably hard to feel like the Chargers would entertain bringing Will Fuller. Yeah, I mean, obviously PEDs is something that it's not really like an off-the-field concern in that way. He did miss games for personal reasons too last year, so obviously that would all have to get kind of checked out and miss so many games to have a representative sample of what the player is at this point, right? But obviously all of these free agents we've talked about are coming in on a cheap deal, right? Or we're assuming yeah. they are 
trying to bounce back and, and cash in on a, a bounce back year. So that's what Will Fuller would be, you know, going for in this scenario of signing a cheap contract to play with a quarterback with a rocket arm on a team that's loaded with weapons yes. and a team who, you know, is in line to be very successful in 2022 in a tough division with a tough schedule. But I see it from his standpoint. I don't think the Chargers will do it, but I understand why that is so enticing to potentially bring in someone that, you know, the last time he had an elite quarterback paired with him, he was putting up, you know, baller numbers. And that's what this dude did last time. I just think he's too much of a handful that the Chargers, as far as a handful of red flags that the Chargers probably would not bring him in. But let's look at the linebacking core now, David, because that is another position. I know a lot of fans are upset. The Chargers did not take N'Kobe Dean in the third round, but also understand too, that, that's a guy that wouldn't have been able to contribute for you at all this season, more than likely with the medical reports that I'm coming out. Peck, shoulder, a bunch of different things, probably going to miss all of the 2022 season. So yeah. it doesn't mean you can't draft someone like that, right? It doesn't mean that you can't hope that you know, you're drafting for the future and you're going to stash this dude away later than he probably should have been picked. And yeah. you may have you know a Pro Bowl-level linebacker going forward. But for the Chargers specifically, the core that they're working with right now, right? Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, the presumed starters going into the season. Yep. Kenneth Murray, it's hard to feel good about, especially knowing now he's had ankle surgery and might miss some more offseason time, right? Hopefully he's back for training camp. We'll see. Drew Tranquil coming off of a down year in the first year in Brandon Staley's system also has an extensive injury history. Troy Reader is the next guy I have here. Guy very familiar with Brandon Staley's system and hopefully a guy who's coming in to help coach up these other linebackers. Then you have a couple of guys in Nick Neiman and Amen Ogbong-Bamiga that they have kind of rounding it out that we're unsure about, but we know that we've heard that they're high on bong. So that's the one thing that, that he has going for him. Maybe someone that could be in the mix more. Unclear what Troy Reader's role is going to be. That is going to be interesting. Hasn't been great, but wherever he's been on, he's always played. They've found reasons to put him on the field. So something they like about him for sure. But the Chargers didn't take a chance on someone like a Leo Chanel, right, in the third round. They didn't try to go for a you know, JoJo Dorman or anything like that later on. I mean, there was options for them potentially – but to me, it's kind of like the tackle situation where it's like you don't really need a, just another guy to be in there. Like you need a guy who's going to come in and start because right now I'm unsure about the linebacker talent in that room as a whole. And I think for the Chargers, I mean, it, it just reflects kind of seemingly how they feel about that position. That's exactly what I was going to say, Daniel. It just seems like more and more with the move that they've made the last couple of years that Brandon Staley has been here. They just don't really value the linebacker position in this defense. And all of the moves that they've made are indicative of, uh, indicative of that. You know, right. they have all invested heavily on the lines, which you love, but also adding defensive backs, adding corners, adding safeties. Uh, yeah. Tons. Because that is what Brandon Staley is going to be using more often than not. He is going to have a bunch of defense, you know, defensive backs on the football field. And he's not going to have a lot of linebackers. And so he just doesn't really value that position as much in his specific defense than, say, a, you know, a different defense that was ran by somebody else. That's just that's the unfortunate truth here. But I think for me, I think there's one guy that I would like to see at least get an, more of an opportunity. I, I like what I've seen from Nick Neiman, you know, in flashes. You know, he doesn't, hasn't got a lot of opportunities out there. But even when I was reviewing the 2022 draft class and I, we're, we're, I was looking at Xander Horvath, Nick Neiman just popped all over the tape. I mean, he made several plays. He's around the football. I would like to see if they give him more of an opportunity to try to carve out more of a role on defense. Yeah, and I think the hard thing for that position right now is you don't really have a dude who specializes in anything. Like, I like the way that Drew Tranquil blitzes, especially early on in the year last year. He was coming yeah. in like a rocket. Like, 
but you don't have a coverage linebacker. You don't have a true run stuffing linebacker. So it's not a room where you have a bunch of different pieces that you can kind of plug and play in different moments of the game in different situations and base it off of matchups. You just have a bunch of guys who are kind of okay at doing a lot of things. And I mean, hopefully someone steps up. I mean, hopefully Kenneth Murray starts fitting in better. It's just hard because all of these guys were doing it based on a projection. We're just saying, hey, I hope this year we see them do it much better because outside of Drew Tranquil, who I do think played at a high level his rookie season, none of these guys we've seen do it at a high level at the NFL level. None of them. Yeah. So it's all based on projection. Even Troy Reader has said, you know, okay seasons, the best season was with Brandon Staley. But I wouldn't have been surprised if they took a linebacker. I also don't think they would have took one in the first round. Like maybe some people wanted. You can't say on one hand, hey, this team doesn't care about linebackers anymore. And then say on the other hand, hey, they're going to take one with the first round pick. I mean, those these things just don't match up. And Brandon Staley and how they feel about that position. Now, I'm not totally surprised they didn't address it. But it would have been nice to maybe see a new body, maybe a high upside kind of prospect in that room. It looks like this is kind of what's going to be the core unless we, you know, see something else, unless an injury happens or something like that. And maybe they bring in, you know, somebody because of Kenneth Murray. We'll see how that injury progresses, right, and how that heals because that could be a big part of if this is the room that it looks like, you know, going into the season. But I think overall, I mean, these are needs, and we're also kind of nitpicking because, like, some of oh, these yeah. aren't as big. I think the right tackle position is obviously a huge need. The edge three position I don't feel great about right now with right. the guys they have there. I wish there was some sort of veteran competition in there, like a Kyler Fackrell, right, to I go agree. in and try to earn a role. And if one of these young guys beats him, that's a happy accident, right? Like, that, yeah. that, that's a win for you. That just means your guys are progressing. And this is, like, the first real season where we've seen Brandon Staley from the end of the offseason to the beginning of the next season where he's the coach, right, and not having to install everything. Hopefully going into year two of Brandon, Steve, Brandon Staley's defense, also maybe smooths, you know, some of this transition, David, because that's really what you're banking on. Well, and make no mistake here. I mean, we are nit nitpicking because I truly feel like this is one of the more, you know, one of the deepest Chargers teams that we've seen in the last, you know, several years. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking seven to 10 years. They haven't had a team that has this amount of depth at this amount of positions on the football team. So I am very, very happy with the state of the roster right now. But you can always get better. Yeah, I mean, even the top end talent is up there with, you know, any of the Chargers teams from this decade, right? I mean, any of the Chargers team from this century, like even though it was six teams and teams like that, like this team has that kind of, you know, star potential as far as big names like J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, and Joey Bosa, and Derwin James, and Justin Herbert, and Mike Williams, and Keaton Allen. The list goes on and on. Plenty of big names, plenty of firepower for sure. It's just how are they filling in the cracks? I do think this is the mo com most complete roster they've had under tom telesco and i honestly don't think it's close if you go on my twitter at dan talk sports you can see the key additions and the departures like you can see one is very heavily weighted to a big improvement for this team in 2022 so i think that's what's so exciting even with these needs this is is you're never going to have a perfect roster and every year you're going to need somebody who you weren't expecting contributions from to come in and contribute for you that has to happen for these good teams if the guy comes out of nowhere and he starts playing well that's what you have to hope is there's a guy that we don't know is good right now that by the time the Chargers start their season, we're like, oh, look at this dude. And there's a huge chance that we end up seeing that. An undrafted free agent, one of the guys in a reserve role right now really coming through. Tons of options out there, and I'm excited to see it play out. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. But tomorrow, we turn it over to you guys, the first fan mail Friday after the draft. You guys have your draft questions, your draft reactions. Do you want to keep it under, you know, 45 seconds? 
keep it around 30 seconds. We will get you on the show tomorrow on your voicemail, or you can hit us up at Lockdown LAC on Twitter. We will put out a post for questions. It is Fan Mail Friday, and you guys are going to get to ask your questions. So make sure you hit up the voicemail line, 323-524-7924, or you can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up in the YouTube comments. You can hit us up on Instagram at Lockdown LA. Locked on Chargers in our Locked on Chargers Facebook page as well. We haven't done one in a while. We're excited to get into your guys' reactions. There's some good reactions in the voicemails to some of the picks the Chargers had over the weekend at the 2022 NFL Draft. But tomorrow, Fan Mail Friday, make sure you guys are back here and subscribing to the Locked on Chargers YouTube page so you never miss it and following the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But once again, you can follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, your team every day. But until then, take it easy. And go bolts.